Ballroom is about to be more popular than Studio 54 ever was. We about to go mainstream. Put away your glass slippers, Transarella. It ain't never gonna happen. All right, all right, it's all happening for us. Vogue has hit number one on the charts, and the word is out. Ballroom is in. Hey, baby. Well, what are you doing out here? You said you wasn't gonna walk the piers no more. There are more options out there. Like what? Get in. Oh, you can vote. Like, yeah, I like the new song. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to trust this mother's intuition. Blanca made me audition for the Fresh Faces modeling competition. Y'all are whistling past the graveyard. Really? Your T cells have fallen below 200. I'm gonna have to move your diagnosis of being HIV positive to having AIDS. We are dying, and it's time that we fight. I'm not posing for a mugshot. Take that off. I'm tired of your big plans and your stupid dreams. Why don't you just focus on yourself for once? I'm scared. To die or to live? Crazy thing is, it's not my life I'm seeing right now. It's my kids. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the House of Poser. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Review of FX's most inclusive scripted series, Pose. Welcome back for season two. For those of you who are new to the podcast, please say hello using that hashtag PoserPod when you're live tweeting this episode of House of Poser and when you're watching Pose live on FX Tuesday nights. All right, y'all. I, of course, am your host, Rain Coleman, and I will be live tweeting as well on those Tuesday nights. We are back with season two, and boy, oh motherfucking boy, ain't, this ain't nobody's sophomore slump. This show is firing on all cylinders. Full disclosure, there may be some points that I don't address just by my sheer excitement over discussing the show. So, if there's something that I missed again, please be sure to hit me up on Twitter. Use that hashtag PoserPod so that we can make this a conversation. Alright y'all, now diving right in, we have Season 2, Episode 1, Acting Up. In this episode of Pose, Blanca encourages the House of Evangelista to follow their dreams, despite putting her own on the back burner. Praytail joins an activist organization fighting for the rights of HIV-positive people. Alright y'all, so a few uh, highlights to this episode... Blanca and Praytail dealing with Heart Island. Blanca uh, getting educational HIV. Angel and Love Poppy. Mm. Blanca becoming a model. Excuse me, Angel becoming a model, not Blanca. Electra not contributing to the house. Praytail getting into the activism scene. Sandra motherfucking Bernhardt killing it. Uh, house of Ferocity is on the come up. I can feel it. And Praytail and Electra argue a lot. Alright, y'all. So we open up the episode in very much a this is us fashion where pose they intended to break our hearts to make us cry so blanca and pray are on heart island which is an actual place now here set in the early 90s i believe i think it's 1990 forgive me i think it is 1990 though either way we're still dealing with AIDS and HIV coming into the second season and how it's affecting the community at large. Um, in Heart Island, there's a scene where Blanca and Praytail go to, God, 
how do I describe this? Heart Island is a pretty much a giant cemetery, a burial ground for people, I think, who are too poor to have funerals and people who are just like Jane Doe's and such. So they walk into this office, talk to this chick, and she's like, you know, what the fuck ever is you? Are you family? And they're like, you know, I knew the man. He cool or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, he's out in the back. You know, babies in the left and adults on the right or something. So it it's a very it's a very hard scene to watch, um, considering the reason that a lot of these bodies are out here. Like, there's a specific section for AIDS patients, and this man is buried out there. And it's one thing to hear the lady, uh, the secretary, receptionist type person, talk about. Um, Oh, there's out in a box. And then Blanca's like, well, what the fuck you mean out in the box? She was like, uh, well, we don't know how this AIDS thing is spread. So we got to, you know, keep him quarantined or something. She's like, well, he's dead. And it's a whole thing. But it's one thing, again, to hear the secretary say these things. And it's another thing for the show to open up on this huge scene of, like, boxes and boxes of dead bodies stacked on top of one another being buried beneath the ground that was a oh that was a heart-wrenching scene uh for a number of reasons so i did look up heart island while i was live tweeting and it says via wikipedia the island's first public use was training united states colored troops in 1864 since then, Heart Island has been the location of uh, Union Civil War prison camp, a psychiatric institution, a tuberculosis uh, station or whatnot, Potter's Field, a homeless shelter, and a boys' reformatory, a jail, a drug rehabilitation center, um, several other structures. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, the island was used as a prison and a homeless shelter until 67. And uh, also, again, for its use in the show to bury those AIDS patients. So, God, like I said, there ain't no sophomore slump. We coming into the first scene on season two, episode one, and they killing it. My God. Again, this is what happened when you get people of said community behind the scenes. When you get diversity and inclusion, you get something that is done so well. Now, we... We, we follow up with Blanca and her diagnosis. Like, she looks good. She's feeling well. But I have to keep remembering because uh, treatment and the education about the virus has come so far from those days that seemed so long ago but really were not that, that many decades away. So I, I'm watching the show, and I always have the mindset of 2019, of present-day strides that have been made in the... Uh, realm of HIV and treatment and whatnot and I have to take all of that and push it to the side when I'm watching this show because this is the early the, the early stages the beginning when things were being uh, learned about and so it's very jarring to see like there's a scene with Sandra Bernhardt who is may I say a, one of the reasons I will be tuning in for season two like she's oh I hope they step up her role because she I'm loving what I'm seeing so far so pretty much we get we get the heart island of it all. We get the pulling at the heartstrings. We get that very real thing. But then with Blanca, we also get 
the mention of CD4, red blood cells, T cells, HIV to AIDS. And like, it's, this is such a godsend when you think about the way this show is laying out this information. It doesn't feel like a very special HIV episode, a very special trans episode. It feels like the information that is actually real is woven into this storyline in a way where you are learning, but it doesn't, again, feel like an after-school special. Um, Blanca is... Well, another thing, something that I wasn't even aware about. So Blanca learns about all these different things as it relates to her condition because she is HIV positive. Then Sandra Bernhardt, the nurse, discusses, and I'm taking this to be true of the time. So she says to Blanca, like, um, yeah, you might feel fine or whatever, but, you know, the virus does what it wants. We're still learning about it. But there's a drug you can take. And I forget the name she said. Something with an A. I know this ain't it, but it was like Antiza or Antiz into something. Well, Blanca's like, I can't afford that shit. She's like, yeah, understood. But this is what happened. So this is the part of the show that I found really intriguing. That a lot of the, the only people who really have these drugs are wealthy people. She said a lot of them are the wealthy white elites who, you know, are gay. And she said, when these people are on their deathbed, they call in people like Sandra Bernhardt. Like, so I'm not sure, quick aside, if Sandra, I believe she's working with a clinic. I don't know that this is a hospital, but whatever group she's a part of, the gays who are dying from the disease, from the virus, call up this certain group of people and they come and, you know, give them their last wishes and whatever else. And then what she said is like these wealthy white gays uh, often have stockpiles of this medication and they want to donate it to people who are who can't afford it so but the whole way that they not even just the explanation but the way it was laid out for you like seeing this person on their deathbed seeing sandra and the crew come in and talk with them and collect the balloon like it's it was such a like it was like scene for scene like it this show did not let up they wanted you to know that motherfucker we back and this is what the hell you dealing with. It was, oh my God, it was so freaking good. Okay, so that's again something that I'm, I'm assuming to be true. Um, if you have any insight, if you are of the 80s of this time period where this was going on, or you just know definitively what's going on, please use that hashtag PoserPod. Tweet me and let me know. Because I, I just I want to make this a conversation and I'm learning my damn self. Okay, so moving on a bit, we, uh, we get the family so we get back to evangelista and i was so excited and this is so you know people get invested in tv shows that's what they do and movies and franchises but this holds a very candle dear close to my heart <laughs> however you say that but seeing poppy and seeing angel on screen i smile like i it's so how do i explain it like i know that these are people who are acting in the show and I see them interacting on social media and I see them, you know, with on TV and, and whatever else. But seeing that this show is back on and seeing the Evangelista house, like their physical house that they live in and seeing them having fun and smiling and taking pictures. Oh, my God, did my heart so a world of good. Uh, so moving on. One thing I did mention is that I don't particularly care for is it? Chunky, whoever the two additions from the old Abundance House, the two boys, 
I don't really care for them. Um, I liked them last season, and I do want them to have a bigger role because, I mean, I would imagine that's a bigger check. And kudos to them, but I'm not really feeling them. So, to be quite honest, they're going to have to grow on me. There's something that's going to have to happen to make me want to like them more because at this point, I could take them or leave them. I want the original back. So, Poppy is taking pictures of Angel, and Blanca is admiring her kids, and it's like, ah, things are so great. So, again, something I like about this episode is that Blanca is her, she's consistently her through and through. Like, no matter what she's dealing with, she's always pushing for these kids to do well, and I have a bit of experience with the, like, house environment, community, but not a lot and to see the way this is being played out um, really makes me smile. And so I wonder if back then, if it had, if it was always this way, if it was this, you're in this. But then, it, okay, let me take a couple steps back. I can't really say that because we had an example of a terrible house that didn't run that well, which was abundance. Electra was not a good mother. But then we have Blanca Evangelista, who is doing a damn good job. You even have ferocity where... Even though the two co-mothers are have big personalities or abrasive personalities, they're still functioning. Uh, so that's good. But seeing Blanca with these kids, like, man, that is so great. Now, the other thing that I kind of think of, and I don't know if it factors in, well, I'm sure it does, but Blanca is light-skinned. And though... The show is good. This is trans representation. It's people acting, living their truth. But I often think, what would, and even with Angel, like Angel, India Moore is a beautiful woman. Gosh, she's beautiful. But I wonder, what would the show be like if either of them were dark skinned? Um, and I also see the treatment of Candy. And again, this is a show written, created, creative team. Is the Are these same people? Who have these lived-in experiences, but I'm I'm starting to pay a lot of attention to the way that Candy is being dealt with in relation to the other light-skinned women on the show. Um, I'm gonna just put a pin in that. I know it's something to be explored, but I don't know how I really feel about that at this point. Because here, Candy is banji and ghetto and ratchet or whatever else, but we all come from the same house. We all came from uh, from abundance. We all had the same shitty mother, but we all didn't have the same handout. Like it's, I, I'm gonna leave that there. Um, I would like to know what you guys' thoughts are though on candy and the if there's colorism being shown. Cause I, I don't know, I'm just being a bit more hyper aware of that. So let me know. Use that hashtag #PoserPod. So um, again, Blanca being the support system. So I'm hoping like hell that we do not get stand this season. We had Angel. Snatching trophies at the ball. She was, God, freaking. Angel is beautiful. Like, I can't say that enough. Angel is beautiful. And I like that we had her at this ball, winning these trophies, looking glamorous as hell. And there was a hard cut to her back at the pier, you know, um, looking for work, waiting for work. She is still that sex worker. And uh, Blanca, I like the way she pulled up. Like, nah, motherfucker, this ain't, this ain't what we're doing. Get your ass in the car. We finna go, you know, make you a model or whatever else. But I just like seeing that hard cut. For, because that's what a lot of people live. That's your life. There is a segment of your life where you are the top dog, the big bad, the glamorous, the one that's sought after. And then there are other parts of your life that are probably more, um, that occupy more of your time where you're just 
this other face in the crowd. You're just this other person. And the ballroom scene has shown that these people can be on top after hours, but then when the sun comes up, you, you're you back to being just another number. I like that. I like seeing that. I like it. All right, so uh, I, and may I add, this whole entire episode, they've been playing Ferocity, and I'm like, that that has to come out. Like, Ferocity, I want them to come out on top. I know it was a bit controversial last season when they came through, and pretty much I, I didn't really think they did nothing wrong. I got to go back and maybe watch the last two episodes again, but I felt like Ferocity saw a need. They created their own house. No, no matter how mean, aggressive, abrasive they are, they did what they had to do, just like Blanca did what she had to do by starting her own. I want them to win. I want them to succeed because I feel like they're good enough. Like, they're better than good enough. They're two beautiful women who, excuse me, have been in this house game, so to speak, as long as Blanca, if not longer. I'm not sure of the timeline for anyone um, who was on the show uh, before Damon because he is our entry character. But I want them to win. I don't give a fuck. I hope at least by episode three, we snatching trophies for House of Ferocity and shaking shit up. Uh, yeah, so there was... Pray Tell uh, goes to this activism thing with Sandra Bernhardt and her girlfriend. Ooh, you talking about a handsome woman? This motherfucker is fine. God damn, I think her name is Wanda. Who this? She's um, a black woman and she's... Uh, I believe she's a stud. I don't know if that's the right. I'm just going to say stud. If I'm incorrect, please let me know. But Wanda is fucking, that's a good looking woman. So we get Praytail and Sandra Bernhardt. I forget her character's name. I'm just call her Sandra until I remember. But they're at this activism rally. And he's like, I ain't going in that shit. It's a bunch of you preppy ass white boys and this and that. She's like, look, motherfucker, it's some black women in there too. And it's a lot of dykes in there. And just the abrasive language of this oh my god jesus that just that that sent me i said okay okay i don't know why i doubted that this show this episode was going to be good i didn't doubt it honestly but i'm like can we keep up with season one can it be as good and and yes it's doing that so pretty much everyone is they're giving an answer to the helplessness that pray tell feels they are rallying for support they are rallying to not be killed they're rallying against the catholic church which preaches abstinence and abstinence is not a viable way uh to first of all stop this aids virus and it's not a way to fight it either and so their beef is with the catholic church and which you know government as a whole but them specifically and they're going to do a die-in which is like a sit-in where they go into a catholic church during service and they silently protest and lay on the ground as if they're corpses pray tale is eating this up so what happens is uh we go back to evangelista to the house everybody's there Blanca has her, uh, she has her family. Angel has successfully booked a modeling audition. I won't say gig because she spoke with the lady uh, at what looks like Saks Fifth Avenue. I'm very confused. I love the 80s, but these details that they're able to um, dive into, I'm, I'm, it's still going over my head. I don't know if something is supposed to be in reference to one thing or if it's the actual thing, but we'll get to that. 
what you need to know is that Angel is going to be a model. This woman sees potential in her, who I believe is running a modeling agency. She just gives her the number to a photographer to get professional pictures because Angel cannot afford that. So Angel has her stuff going on. Poppy is, you know, taking the pictures of her. Um, I think Damon has something going on as well. We didn't get a lot of him this episode. Ricky is still off on tour, I think, with Bobby Brown. And Electra comes in and she's like, you know, she contributes money to the house. Um, she's part of the house to see her called Blanca house mother or mother, whatever, man, that made me smile as well. So this is where shit gets intense. Pray tell talking about, look, this the shit that's going on. We doing this city and this dying at the Catholic church. Y'all need to be there. And I felt like, well, Angel just said that she has a photo shoot on Sunday. Reschedule it. What? Reschedule it? We don't know if she has the options. No, she is. She ultimately reschedules and it isn't a problem. But hey, that, that fucked me up. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Why? This, what do you mean reschedule? But whatever. So um, Blanca says everybody must go. So we get to the church. Electra said, I ain't going that shit. I'm not trying to be no mugshot. I'm not trying. That ain't going to work for me. And they cussing her out. So we go to the dying, pumping the fist, lay on the ground. People get arrested. Cool. This shit happened. So we make it to a ball. Now, at this ball, everybody's wearing a... I don't even know what the category was. But nobody beat Electra. She came in that motherfucker very much. Queen of England, old Victorian, uh, Beyonce bowed down-ish and killed it. And so she's talking about... Praetel's dragging her to my... You need to be there for your community. You ain't this, you ain't that. Fuck you, we needed you. And... I wanted to be on his side, but bruh, how, what, like, you go to one rally, you get inspired, and you expect for everybody to follow suit, which would be ideal, but we got other lives, I think Angel said something to the effect like, yeah, if we off, we all running from the same monster, I'm not, am I not supposed to enjoy my life while doing so, that wasn't verbatim, but it was something to that effect, and I was like, yeah, what? Like, Electra, I, I think she should answer for not going, yeah. But one, this ain't the time or the place. Like, we here to do this ball shit. You out cutting the fuck up, acting a fool, embarrassing me. For what reason, I do not motherfucking know. But because you and your feelings. And she was like, yeah, shut your stupid ass up and give me my fucking uh, trophy. What's my score or whatever? And he's like, oh, I know the score. Just like everybody knows the score. Tends to Electra and fuck you, bitch, because you should have been there. So, and again, I'm paraphrasing. But, I, again, I thought Electra should have went to the, the city and rally or whatever. But I didn't think she was wrong. And if she is wrong, this... This ain't the time and place for this. Pratel is really getting you in your feelings, and that's all fine and good. You have your moment. You lost a loved one. But you don't get to hurt other people because you don't like what they're doing or you don't like that they're not doing what you want to do. That's unfair. So, again, no matter how wrong you think Electra is, Electra showed up and did what the fuck she was supposed to do, which was walk this ball. If you got shit to say, like she said something to the effect of, am I supposed to go out there and be with them fags and, and get arrested or something? And it was high-key offensive. Um, in the context of the show, I don't feel that that one comment she made discredits her opinion, which is, what the fuck is your problem? I came here for my trophy. Give me my goddamn trophy. It was just, it was a, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was very intense. 
And they made sure that, you know, you showed the crowd getting mad at her and angry at her for you, for the language she used. And I, I get that. I promise you I do. But this is a conversation we didn't have to have right here. Now, if y'all think I'm wrong and you think that Pertel was right, let me know. Tweet me, pose pod, and let me know because I really want to know what your thoughts are. I, again, for the record, personally felt like Electra should have went to the sit-in event, but... She has a whole other life outside of this house shit, just like everybody else. And that's a grown-ass woman who does not have to bend to the will of somebody else just because you want me to. Like, you coming at me with your chest out, yelling and screaming and shit. How the hell is she supposed to react to that? Especially when she told y'all motherfuckers at the dinner table, I'm not doing this. So, I don't know, man. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. So, maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like I'm right. So, tweet me and let me know. Uh, moving on, we're in the same ball, but I want to take a couple steps back. So, Damon, we get him, but we don't get a whole lot of him, which I'm fine with because when I looked at the previews of what's coming up this season, it looks like we're going to get a lot of him. With Electra, there's something going on with her that hasn't been discussed, and it's going to come out. And I think I know what it is. I kind of had an idea before, but then once I saw the previews, I was like, okay, maybe it is this thing. But let's get to Angel. This is what I really want to dive into. So Angel started off at the ball at the beginning of the episode, won her trophy. Then she goes back to the pier. Blanca picks her up like, look, baby girl, we not finna do this. You uh, gonna be a model. Hey, baby. Girl, what are you doing out here? We talked about this. You said you wasn't gonna walk the piers no more. There are more options out there. Like what? Mopping floors and waiting tables? No. No thanks. I like being my own boss. Well, I got a plan. Get in. Just tell me where we're going. I was at work and I was flipping through a magazine while I was on my lunch break and I saw this advertisement for a modeling contest. Do you see her? Yes. I'm not the face they're looking for. I ain't no model. Yes, you are. Look at these. That's just me and little Bobby playing around. Do you see what I see? These photos prove you got the look. You got a light that shines so bright right inside of you. And I just wish you could see it. Plus, we about to go mainstream with this Madonna song. Mainstream? Yeah, until they find out who I really am. All we need to get is our foot into the door. This song is our ticket to acceptance. Once they see that you're wearing a ball, they won't even turn you away. Uh, she took the pictures that Lil Poppy took of her in a Polaroid, put them in a little manila envelope, and went to the audition. I like that, which is another thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something. I'm going to have a comment to that. Blanca and Poppy took Angel to the, the casting thing. We saw all these beautiful girls. We saw Angel. Angel, they convinced her to go in to see the chick who was, I guess, the headhunter or whatever. Blanca says to her, because Angel's like, okay, come with me. She said, oh, no, if they see me, that's going to clock you. I'm not going in. Pretty much saying to her, I'm not passing, quote, unquote, passing as a um, cis woman I'm visibly trans which I need someone on the outside looking in to say to me does Blanca look like a trans woman like I've been watching this show for so long and I've been watching the actresses and actors on the show like on social media and like reading articles and stuff so I don't know if I'm just not seeing it but for me Blanca doesn't 
I don't know if I'm reading her as trans or not with me one knowing that this is a show and knowing that that is a trans woman and then two um I can am I just unable to separate what I'm seeing versus what I already know so let me know does is she and it's not for a um shaming thing like oh she can't pass but I just want to know because Blanca made that comment you go in by yourself if they see me that's going to clock you like what is am I missing something because I don't feel like Blanca is quote unquote clockable I feel like she looks like I don't know maybe it's what she was wearing either way just let me know so Angel goes in speaks with the woman she's like oh you're beautiful you got potential but you need professional headshots homegirl's like look I don't got that that costs money so the woman gives her number to the photographer. She's like, look, talk to this dude. Uh, I don't know if she said he owes her a favor or what, but you can work on a price with him, which is going to lead me to something else in, in a minute. So Blanca, um, all the stuff happens. Everything happens with the city in and all that. And so Angel goes, and she is oh, phenomenal. They're using Madonna's um, Vogue Strike a Pose song or whatever. I don't know if that'll be the entire season, but the music, again, phenomenal as it was every episode last season. So, Angel is at this shoot. The photographer walks in. He tells everyone to get out. The makeup, hair, wardrobe, all that. It's just him and, him and Angel. And he's like, yeah, I know you. And she's like, oh, I don't know you, whatever. He's like, how many how many looks or how many outfits? She's like, well, I'm just paying for one. He was like, no, this is a photo shoot. You can't just do one. You have to do several. We hired these people for hours. She's like, okay, well, I can't pay for that. He says... I seen you on the pier. Whoo, boy. So that's danger, danger, danger. This man says you're a very special beauty, very specific. Pretty much letting her know, you know, look, you're going to pay for this some other way. I initially thought or immediately thought sex. He's going to try to sleep with her. But then it wasn't even that. It was something worse, which was he wanted to take pictures of her for his private collection. Okay. Once he said that, me knowing the world and knowing th this particular part of the world as well, it, I said, okay, so you're going to get her naked, buck-ass naked, with everything exposed for your personal collection. Oh, my God. That felt worse. Again, I'm not a sex worker and I'm not a woman, but God damn, that, I felt like, shit, you... She would have done better just sleep with this man. That's a one and done, and you're out of there, and it's your word against his. But then you you say you want to take pictures of her. Ooh, man, that was that was hard. So with these new pictures in this collection, we fast forward to the ball where Praytel and Electra didn't had it out. So Angel wins best model something, best most likely to be a model, and breaks down in tears. Lil Poppy and Blanca talking to her, and she says, this man took pictures of me. Like, I finally got ahead. He has pictures of me. So my career is over before it even begins. Because the distress is, she is not, quote-unquote, clockable as a woman, as a trans woman. She, to the world at large, just looks like a pretty girl. She's just a pretty cisgender girl. If this man has seen photos of her, what happens if they just randomly come out? You become a big star model and they come out or when you're on the rise they come out or they come out before you even get a chance to start and that I don't know that experience I don't know I don't have that experience I don't have that um that lived in experience I don't walk in those shoes but to see the acting 
to see this scene is to automatically empathize with what's going on. If you didn't already, because duh, we get it. We get the issue. But Blanca and Poppy, I knew, I said Poppy is going to kill this man. Because it's clear that, yes, they are brother and sister in this house situation. But Poppy and Blanca got something going on. And they going to be either together or fucking or dating or something before this damn season is up. I can tell you that. Mark my words. Um, but they show up at the photographer's house. And again, the, what's what's good, I guess, about this is that it is set in the 90s. So the internet, I believe, is just now... It has not even been... Whatever. We don't have Apple computers and Apple watches and whatnot. So... When they take the negatives of these pictures, that's it. Now, it could be a plot twist where he had one stored somewhere else. But for all intents and purposes, if they have every negative, that's it. Like, her secret is safe now. It's just her wording is his. She has all the headshots that she needs from him to make it big as a model. Like, everything is in line. So, I'm hoping that that's it. I hope it ain't no plot twist where we got to fight this man again. Because Poppy and Blanca whooped this man's ass. Ooh, I knew that was coming. Now, Angel, uh, okay, so all that happens, Poppy is getting ready to murder this motherfucker. Uh, he got his ass beat behind them pictures. And uh, uh, let's see. So we, oh, so we get back to the, the house. And everybody's sitting down to eat. Electra walks in. And I'm thinking, where the fuck is she? So she walk in and sit down. And she's mad understandably so at pray tell like this motherfucker sitting here he talking shit whatever so they are pretty much i feel like ganging up on electra she didn't deserve that so what happens is electra just has a tantrum she stands up flips over the fucking table with the food and everything pretty much told them fuck y'all i'm out of this goddamn house y'all ain't shit now, taking a few scenes back, Blanca quit her job to go to this um, sit-in at the church. And she, you know, the, the Chinese woman, because she works at a nail salon. And excuse me, I don't know if this woman is Chinese or whatnot, but this Asian shop owner uh, told her, you know, I'm, you should, you, you can't go. You need to stay here. You lucky I let you work here. Women want to get their nails done by women. You ain't shit. Just pretty much dog her. Ain't nobody going to hire you. You a man or you a boy. She, it, something to that effect. Like, she was very rude with Blanca. And Blanca was like, you know what? Fuck you. All right, bitch, I'm gone. And I'm over my own motherfucking shop. And then maybe I'll come back and sit in and let you do my nails. And that let me know that this season, we this the mission for this season is for Blanca to get her own goddamn shop. Uh, so that's that. So, Electra gone. She show up at Ferocity's house. So, that's that. Blanca ain't got no job. Really, Electra was bringing in the money, the majority of the money. So, I don't know if we all gonna be homeless. Uh, Angel got her pitches back and she got booked. Uh, no, no, not booked. She made it to the semifinals. So, she is on her way to being a model. Side note, uh, so with that woman who gave her the photographer's number, I wonder if she knew that his payment was sleeping with the models or if she clocked Angel and just knew that was maybe his flavor, quote unquote. Like, I wonder if there's something else to that or if it's just as innocent as he was a photographer, she knew him, so she connected the two of them. It remains to be seen. It could go either way. Um, also, I think Angel's story is a story of a trans woman. 
and I want to say it's in Paris is burning. I haven't seen it in a bit, and I'm think I've I watched so many documentaries and movies. I know there was a trans woman who went on an audition at like a mall and made her way through. And I I'm thinking it was Paris is burning. So let me know if you guys know what I'm talking about. I'll do a bit more research and hopefully come back with an answer for next episode. But I'm sure that's what it was. Um, let's see what else. We don't have much of Damon and Ricky yet. Uh, we'll get more of them, I believe, next episode. But all in all, this was a solid first episode back. Like, y'all did that. And I think this season is 10 episodes and not 8 like last season. But, bruh, I am ready for every single episode. So, that being said, whoo, man, what did y'all think? So, did you enjoy this episode? Is season two giving you everything you wanted? Is it giving you some shocks and surprises? Do you like what's going on so far? Let me know your answers using that hashtag PoserPod. Um, hit me up on those Twitters. So, thank you all for listening. Follow me on social media. The Twitter is CarefreeBlurred. Instagram and all others is CarefreeBlackNerd. You can email me at CarefreeBlackNerd at gmail.com if you must. There are tons of other shows on the Carefree Black Nerd feed, so check them out and let me know what's what. Uh, please also be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcasting apps and sites. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and of course, BYNKRadio.net in the podcast section. Now guys, while you're over there, on your podcasting platform, please be sure to give me that five-star rating and leave a review. If it's about polls, just let me know. Hey, polls is the shit. House of Poser is all that. I love the commentary. I love what you're saying. I hate what you're saying. Whatever. Just give me that five-star review. And I'll, of course, be sure to read that review on air. Please make sure to use that hashtag PoserPod. Live tweet with me on those Tuesday nights. And until next time, guys, um, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And, oh, shit. Take it back. <laughs> Almost forgot one of the best parts of the show. Who gets your tens, tens across the board when they walk out? We all applaud. My favorite of this episode has to be, really, it's a toss-up. There were so many good performances. I have Angel, of course, that goes out saying Blanca for all the good shit she did. Uh, Electra because of the shit that she was getting and we don't really know what's going on so maybe not so much Electra uh, Billy Porter pray tell, did the damn thing but it's probably between Poppy and Angel I'm gonna just go with Angel because I really like the range and acting Indian Moore you did that so Angel is my favorite she gets my tens this episode Least favorite has to be Pray Tell. Like, I love me some Billy Porter. I love everything about him. I love what he's doing. But Pray Tell was on some fuck shit this episode. You can't go to one rally and then get mad because everybody else scheduled on line up with yours and the shit that you got going on. Nah, fam. That's not okay. Uh, favorite scene? The whole freaking episode from start to finish is my favorite scene. But uh, um, if I have to have a favorite, yikes. Uh, I think Angel scene when she broke down and uh, talked to Poppy and Blanca about what was happening and then kind of add that one to them fighting that motherfucking photographer and whooping his ass. That's my favorite. So let me know who your favorite, who gets your teens this episode, who's your least favorite, and what was your favorite scene. And so again, <laughs> so until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and get them motherfucking teens, B. I. Right.